1: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today on China Corner Office, a podcast powered by The China Project, a New York-based news and information platform that helps the West read China between the lines. I'm Chris Marquis, a professor at the Cambridge Judge Business School, and today we are joined by Brandon Bochinski, the mayor of Grand Forks, North Dakota a place that has been in the news recently due to a controversial Chinese investment that has been featured in the New York Times and a number of other national media outlets. Furthermore, following this attention, a Senate bill was proposed that would ban Chinese investment in agribusiness, citing national security concerns. Brandon provides a lot of helpful context on both the establishment of the corn mill under question, which is proposed by the Chinese company Fufeng, but also details on the sources of political opposition and some suggestions to local leaders who face similar dilemmas when international investment meets rising nationalism. A couple of highlights of the show for me include Brandon's detailed discussions of how such transactions take place. For instance, It is important to understand that U.S. domestic siting firms actually help determine the shortlist candidate locations of many of these investments. There are also a number of contractual issues to understand, as well as CFIUS, clearance, and other details. We also discussed the labor and other benefits that the plant would bring to Grand Forks. While an oft-quoted point of resistance is the proposed plant's closeness to a U.S. Air Force base, What was interesting to me is that Grand Forks already has another Chinese investment. Actually, an aircraft company, Sirius Aircraft, has an assembly plant in Grand Forks that is directly owned by the Chinese state-owned Aviation Industry Corporation of China, or AVIC. At the time of this investment, about 10 years ago, there was not much debate on the topic. Thus, timing and today's tense times in U.S.-China relations are clearly playing a role here. As Fufeng is a non-state-owned agriculture company, at least on the face of it, it has a lot fewer national security concerns than a Chinese-owned state aircraft company. There's lots of interesting on-the-ground issues regarding Chinese investment in the U.S. in this episode. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Brandon, welcome to China Corner Office. Like I mentioned, had been interested in your case after reading that New York Times article and want to learn more about this corn mill that's under discussion to be cited in Grand Forks. I guess, you know, my first question is, can you just give us some general background on this debate and what's going on with the establishment of this corn mill?
0: Yeah, that's correct. So who the city had initially worked with, the EDC brings these projects, but they don't necessarily know in-depth infrastructure questions. So when these firms are looking, one of the biggest pieces on where they're going to cite something is... Do you have the the wastewater infrastructure, the rail infrastructure, the transportation infrastructure? So early on, our communication was really with that siting firm, which I believe they're based out of New Jersey. It seems to be pretty regular practice, Mm -hmm. but that was a company that we worked with. I know they whittled it down from unlimited number of sites down to to 25, and then eventually down to four and down to two. Now I'm not sure if in the end they made the final choice, probably not, but they certainly whittled the field down, which included Grand Forks as one of the four finalists and ultimately two and then the finalist.
1: So one of the things that you mentioned that really caught my interest was this about the siting firm. A lot of times you read things in the media about how the Chinese government is trying to, through companies, buy up valuable land close to different military other sites. But can you say a little bit about how the actual process happens whereby a company acquires industrial property and what the siting firm is? I assume it's a U.S.-based
0: Yep. So the state of North Dakota already has a, a law in the books as part of the century code that forbids foreign entities from owning farmland. And they define it as any land that is capable of producing crops. There's a number of exceptions. One of the exceptions is uh, for usage of uh, industrial projects. So if they're going to build an industrial complex, you know, they're able to do that. A company would have to make the construction within a certain period of time. So the state already has some protections in there. This land that was purchased was part of our long-range plan as a city, as industrial land. It's on three sides there's already business taking place the other side is the interstate you know it's a good site that's got rail access it's close to water and wastewater infrastructure i mean it's got that transportation need having a, an interstate exit just to the north of it and, and good access to the south so multiple in and out so it is a good site for this type of value-added egg and it's right in a, a park uh, we call it our agriculture industrial park in grand forks that has the likes of a sim plot it has a north dakota mill and elevator it's got philadelphia macaroni it's got the red river by
1: refinery so
0: You already have a number of these types of value-added A businesses already operating in this direct area.
1: And can you say a little bit more about what the actual corn mill will involve and actually what the site is like? There is some discussion about agricultural land being prohibited for foreign companies or Chinese companies. How is the land zoned? What's going to be built there, et cetera? It's
0: roughly a $700 million plant. It'd in about 25 million bushels of corn. The main products they produce would be amino acids. That's going into animal feeds, your livestock, whether cattle or swine, be lysine and theranine, I believe is the the two products that it would produce. The employees, it would intended to be, from what they're telling us, a very modern facility. So it would have a lot of automation, roughly 233 direct employees, but then they're going to need A lot of ancillary services, so your your welders, your HVAC, your plumbers, your electricians, that would be sort of embedded contractors, as well as a lot of logistics help. So the rough estimate that the Economic Development Corporation gave us was somewhere north of 700 total direct, indirect, and induced jobs.
1: So... A lot of jobs for a city of our size. So you said in the process initially, you didn't realize or wasn't even disclosed that it's a Chinese company. When you heard it was a Chinese company and learned a little bit about Fufeng, I think is the name of the company, did you think there'd be any controversy around it or didn't it register at all?
0: A little bit. We thought there's going to be a little bit more contention because you'd seen the national landscape. But I would say it certainly changed a lot in the past year. So even back last fall, you didn't have the Russian invasion of Crimea and Ukraine, which kind of raised the global temperature. You you didn't have Pelosi trip to Taiwan. You didn't have some more of these sort of intense tensions between the U.S. and China. So it was a little bit of a different time. I think we knew there'd be some consternation on it. We probably didn't expect it to be to this level. It's really turned into a hot button issue for the, the whole country, as I mentioned. So. Certainly, it drew some concern that we knew it was going to be a, a longer process. We probably would need more contractual protections. and You know, on our side, just working to mitigate uh, the concerns at that point.
1: What's FUFUNG? I assume you sort of researched and did some due diligence on them. I assume agricultural, That this is probably not some state-owned company.
0: We're a municipality. We don't have massive intelligence gathering type of entity that we can lean on. So We need some help from our federal partners. But, you know, we obviously did some research early on. We need to make sure it's a legitimate company that we're working with. As you did the research, they're one of the largest producers of MSG, largest producers of amino acids. It's a very large company, multi-billion dollar company that's fairly well known across the world. They sell products in 120 different countries, including the U.S. already. It's a publicly traded company on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. One of the biggest questions we had early on is their Chinese government ownership. And there is not, but you still have conversation of how much freedom do you know, all Chinese companies really have from the government there and that's certainly debatable, and people are in a wide spectrum there of their beliefs on that front.
1: Like you said, I mean, there is debate on actually how much control the government or CCP might have over private companies. Is there any other experience that you, in Grand Forks you've had with Chinese-owned businesses?
0: That was probably one thing that made it more palatable, or something that we thought we could work through. There's a company called Cirrus Aircraft. It's a they have a large airplane manufacturing facility here. It's been here for a little more than a decade now. It was purchased uh, actually by a Chinese government entity, so it is wholly owned by the Chinese government. That's been operating, like I said, for 10 years. There really hasn't, I think, the average person until this sort of recent conversation. But I don't think the average person would even have known that it was Chinese owned. Again, that's about 300 employees. They're all American citizens that work there. There's certainly a number of layers before we'd get to Beijing, but we do have some experience of of having a Chinese owned company in Grand Forks. And, you know, that one has been positive. And it's in that case, uh, rather than being a a privately held company, it is fully owned by the Chinese government. So yeah, certainly you would expect there to be more concern over that than one that isn't, but that's all part of the debate.
1: So can you tell me a little bit about the debate and about particularly some of the pictures I've seen, no Chinese investment, anti-Fu-Feng, and they have the hammer and sickle Communist logo, some of them have on them. So, describe to me when you learned about there was going to be some opposition and how that opposition has gone.
0: It's kind of really threefold. First of all, you've got uh, environmental issues. You've got people that are concerned that want to make sure that uh, there's not going to be you know additional air or water pollution, and that's something that the city is really comfortable with. That we've worked with a number of projects in the past. Worked with the North Dakota Department of Environmental Quality. Like we're very comfortable on that front. The other aspect is there was an annexation involved because this was just outside city limits, and in order to serve it. In order for us to have control of what's happening there, it was necessary for this to be annexed. The annexation was requested by the previous landowners, so they were in the process of of annexation prior to the company purchasing the land. But that annexation area, just in the way it was set up, did require a larger chunk to come into the city, which included some business owners that did not want to be annexed. So third thing is just the Chinese connection, and I think there's been a range there of spying, of treatment of the Uyghurs, of just general supply chain and economical um, concerns. So That in and of itself probably is multifaceted, but there was sort of already a a multifaceted pushback.
1: Are there hearings or public discussion about this?
0: We obviously have a very open city council that's had really vigorous debates and citizen comment periods. So at time, it's sort of a nature of the beast these days in politics. The debate has gone far beyond just the facts and certainly personal attacks and, and things that are ugly, unfortunately, have taken place during this. But you got to work through it and, and you've got to try to stick to the facts as best you can and, and have good conversations on the
1: project. I saw recently there was some Potential legislation proposed sounds similar to the legislation you already have. It's the state level around agricultural land, and I think it listed like China, Russia, and North Korea. The companies from those countries would not be able to buy uh, U.S. farmland. I think it was mostly discussed in the context of national security issues. You also mentioned more generally sort of concern with human rights and treatment of populations like the Uyghurs. Do you have any sense of these folks that are? anti-China or sort of having Chinese investment? Is it more national security worries, more about the Chinese system in general, anti-Asian type of sentiment popping up that you're seeing?
0: The treatment of the Uyghurs was a big one early on. Obviously, we had some legislation recently about products being exported from there to the United States. Um, So that was early on. I think, you know, there were some people that were really concerned that there would be Chinese people working at the factory and there'd be a bunch that were brought in. So I think that took a little bit of an ugly twist. In the end, I do think the opposition went with what resonated the most. And that was on the national security side, because (laughs) we do have an Air Force base that's roughly 14 miles from this site. And again, we've dealt with already having a Chinese-owned manufacturing plant, which is actually closer to the base than this would be. I think as a country, we've looked at ways to push back. And this certainly seems like a great opportunity to try to push back against some of the things going on in China and the tensions that we've had. So I think that piece resonated probably more than anything else. So that's really where it's pushed to at this point it's really focused on the national security side
1: and i'm curious i mean i think you and the government of grand forks is obviously in support of this for probably many reasons i mean you have a deep understanding of the type of company type of jobs potential benefits it's going to bring to the city what are you doing to sort of soothe these concerns that your citizens might have
0: and that's the difficult part obviously economic impact and, and some of the pieces there and the business expansion that can come from this i you know very supportive of bringing a corn mill and bringing value-added egg The fact that the company is owned by China, like I said, just makes it a lot more work, a lot more contentious, and a lot more that we have to do and have to sort through. You know, we've done the best you you can at at sending out the information. Um, I think the opposition of it really has an easier story to tell. It's much simpler just to say, aren't happy with what they've been doing. So here, if we connect this business to their government, um, you know, this is the CCP that is coming here and trying to infiltrate our land. I mean, these are the types of words that are being used. It's definitely difficult to ease that. The biggest thing that that we did is contractually, we set up a, a development agreement that outlines a lot of protections for the city. You don't need a development agreement. A company doesn't need a development agreement to come in, but it gave us more oversight. And we were able to actually use that to asked the company to go forward with a a CFIUS, a committee on foreign investment in the United States declaration. They did voluntarily submit to that. So we're waiting to hear back from them. We expect at least jurisdictionally, they're going to look and make sure that that would be in their jurisdiction to review, and then they'll review it. Um, We expect to get uh, the answer by the end of the month. So really, at least from our side, that was the biggest piece that we put in place to try to get an answer, to get a you know a sense is if this is a risk, then, then tell us now so we can continue to work through this and, and look for other opportunities, essentially.
1: Assuming the CFIUS review comes back and saying this is a project that is fine to go ahead, will be hopefully evidence that will convince some of the national security concern citizens that maybe this is a great opportunity.
0: We'll see. I think that you're going to have people that their heels are dug in. I think it'll be a a piece that just gives more information, but I still think the national security side will be talked about vigorously, regardless of what the CFIUS review comes back. But if it comes back saying that there's a concern and we can't go forward, the city needs to know that. and We need to be able to, like I said, look for other opportunities.
1: So Sirius, the other Chinese-owned entity that is actually owned by sort of a governmental company, or I'm not sure exactly how the government owns that, is it raised attention to that organization at all or is that still mostly people don't recognize that ownership?
0: It certainly has a little bit. We had people questioning whether we were looking into whether they were complying with the sort of the Uyghur Export Act and we had to tell them well their products are all made in the US so there's no they're not right. importing anything into the US. So it has certainly probably brought some more scrutiny onto them. And I know they've been interested in, in doing some expansion. So we'll see if this Tension makes them think otherwise, or if they're still still committed to the, the community. They've been a good partner. They sponsor a lot of local activities and constantly see them out there in the, in the community doing good things. And really, they've set up a, an independent board in the U.S., which, which operates. But they're parents, and it, it works through the AVIC. It's their aviation arm that owns it. Oh, what year did you become mayor? So it's been interesting, 2020. So we have our primary elections in June and that's when our municipal elections are. So June of 2020, right, as the the pandemic started. So that was very contentious and we've got another item. So it's been an interesting time to be in uh, local leadership.
1: I mean, you have experience with this serious aircraft. You have experience now with this Fufrong project, which has raised some tensions. Mayors in similar situations like yours that might be interested potentially in taking on Chinese investment. What sort of advice or recommendations would you have to others that are thinking about potentially bringing in Chinese investment? You've got a very
0: patriotic city and a very patriotic state. So anytime you, you look at any foreign entity, uh, let alone China, there's going to be some pushback. So I think you have to strongly consider where the public sentiment is before you're, you're going to consider these types of projects. It's going to be a challenge, I think, Try to figure out where the tension really coming from. We've got both countries are going to go through elections this fall. I think that increases some of the tension because there's a push for some more nationalism as you're you know you're going into your elections. I really only see us going one direction or the other. I mean, either as the two largest economies, we've got to either work together and find a path forward, or it's probably leading to some type of conflict. I don't think anybody wants to see that. So. It's really hard at a local level to gauge the the temperature but I think timing is everything and in this current time I think it's very difficult to try to even look at these projects and to even I mean we're just in the due diligence and the vetting stage and we're getting this level of pushback it hasn't been finally decided by any means so be prepared for a challenge I guess is the best advice I can okay. give them I know There's probably different sediments maybe on the coast than there is in the central part of the country. So there's more ownership in, in California and other places than there is here. So it's more unique.
1: From what you said, this in general seems like a really good project for Grand Forks. And assume that you want to continue to international business, assuming that we don't go down this conflict route, that things hopefully continue to stay open. What are you doing or what you plan to do to try to continue to actually have international business be enthusiastic? You don't want people to learn the siting firm has narrowed down four sites, and one is this crazy city in North Dakota that blocked this Chinese investment. Obviously, that's not the message you want investors to hear. So what can you do to continue to put positive words out there for the international businesses? That's probably
0: a concern that we have. If we don't finish our due diligence process, if we're not allowed to compl- Complete that, but finally make decisions. I think that's going to have some concern when you have other siting companies that said, Hey, here we whittled it down to this place and that didn't work out. It's not going to put you at the top of the list next time, certainly. So I think just doing things the right way, um, getting all the facts and and making decisions based on those facts and and that reality rather than the rhetoric is going to be important. And I think we've done a good job. We've taken a lot of pressure from the national level uh, all the way down to the local level on this and the project will go one way or another but you know, certainly we need to be able to do things the right way and stick to that process that will allow other places other companies and, and other foreign investment to have the faith and Grand force could be a place that they could call home and could be successful
1: Great. Well, I think sort of the message that I've taken is facts and process should be the core of actually decisions like this. And and there's a lot of things out there in public conversation the media that might be engineered to make, not allow people to think about facts or the process. And from what you described to me, it is something where you need to let this process go through. Now they're undergoing the CFIUS review, which is an important check of the facts, and it's part of the process. And I hope that no matter how things work out, that actually it's it's a situation where correct due diligence and process was followed. And I'll look forward to following up with you about it a later podcast, hopefully. You
0: know, we should have more information, uh, obviously, going into September. But into the future, it'll be interesting to see where this truly ends up because it's kind of a bellwether for the country right now. and It's got a lot of the buzzwords, a lot of the key topics that people want to talk about and want to think about. It's kind of fallen a little bit on our lap here locally, which is kind of odd because this type of foreign policy should really be taking place at the national level, but it's being discussed here and we're willing to take it on, but it'll be interesting. In a couple of months, we'll have to check back and just see where we're at.
1: Like you mentioned, I mean, these are the kinds of things that should be taking place potentially at the national level, but the situation is they're happening every day all around the U.S. and even the world. So having this background, and in-depth discussion of actually what the situation is, is really, really valuable. So just really want to thank you so much, Brandon, for taking the time to talk to us on China Corner Office today. Thanks for having me.
0: Take care.